Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to Rob Kendall. The Republican Party in Indiana sees zero problem in record spending, in record taxation. And Casey Daniels. You went out there and said, please vote for me. You debated other people on why you're the better person for the position. Suck it up. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, December 27th. It is seven minutes after nine. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And that voice you hear off in the distance is your friendly neighborhood, Bri. Brian Baker joining us today. Good morning. Good morning, Casey Daniels. Merry Christmas. Merry post-Christmas. I'm happy to be here. I do have one request at the beginning of the show, if I may. Lay it out. Any chance we could push the show back until about one o'clock? I'm not quite awake yet. Is that too late to do that? No? You can I've do it. Like 12... You can do it in your jammies. We'll be fine. <laughs> I've had 12 cups of coffee. I've had some Wellbutrin. I've had vitamins. And believe it or not, this is me when it hasn't kicked in yet. So who knows what could happen by 11 o'clock? Well, we're Thanks all for me on the... we're all counting on you today, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. We're all counting on you. Hey, let's did you, let's I have to ask the question that everybody's getting asked today as we all, uh-huh. you know, get back to some normal, some of us anyway. People like Rob Kendall are still vacationing, so is Jason Hammer. But uh how was your Christmas? Christmas was lovely this year. My folks came down to Peachtree City. It was the first time that uh, we had actually spent Christmas in Peachtree City rather than Indiana or California or Tennessee. So that was a new experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the weather was exquisite outside. I mean, uh, what, just like five below zero. So we were all freezing our tails off. But we had a great time. Santa was very kind to everyone. And we even had a visit this year from Elf on a Shelf. Oh, Yes, and um, Elf on a Shelf came a little bit late this year, but as you can imagine, Casey, we do get some fabulous letters from Santa in our house, mm-hmm. and Santa was very apologetic about uh, Mary, that's the name of the elf, about her late arrival, but we learned that she uh, was, I guess, involved. Apparently, these new 86, 87,000 IRS agents have really been calling, crawling up Santa's rear end, and Mary is the head of compliance up there at the North Pole, so she <laughs> has been just busy as can be. Fortunately, we got it all clear up and then my daughter uh, has been explaining that to everyone that she meets throughout the little village of Peachtree City so it's been quite a uh, quite mm-hmm. an amusing little time together mm-hmm. and lots good. of good food how about you good uh it was magical as you would expect it to be uh, of course I sprinkled love on everything so everyone was happy <laughs> <laughs> hey let's uh let's talk about some news and then we can get into some more fun stuff okay Please do. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Twitter files. The latest reporting on the files reveal efforts by both the Trump and Biden administrations to suppress ideas on social media related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So this was a lengthy Twitter thread. It was from free press writer David Zwieg. He cited internal files from Twitter that showed how the social media giant rigged the COVID debate. And this was a directive from the federal government. They said the United States government 
pressured Twitter and other social media platforms to elevate certain content and suppress other content about COVID-19. Now, I know you just uh, got over a bout of COVID-19. Is that what we're calling it, a bout? Um, yeah, round two, and it was a bout, and it was a brutal one. Round two was much harder than round one, let me tell you. I felt the same way. Interesting. Uh, but you're good yeah. now, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, knock on wood, I've got all other kinds of uh, physical ailments, but as far as we know, none of them caused by COVID, so we're good to go on that front. All right, well, the the Trump administration was concerned about messages about runs at the grocery store. They feared panic buying. However, the Biden administration was concerned about vaccine-related information and (laughs) anti-vaxxer accounts, so they are not the same. One's worried about panic buying. One is worried about information related to a mandatory vaccine. Yeah, that is such a great point that you just made, Casey, because as a government official, especially as someone you're in the White House, and so Americans are looking to you, you know, regardless of what their political affiliation may be, they have to assume that the word coming out of the, the White House is the straight story, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw it. You remember? I mean, we all lived through it, what it was like going to the grocery store and seeing these poor... Boy, it still breaks my heart. This There was this older woman that had gone in there, and I was just about in tears over the fact that she couldn't get toilet paper mm. because everyone had purchased all of the the toilet paper and panic Mm -hmm. buying. And Mm so we remember what that was like. And so I do, I understand from the Trump administration's perspective, we've got to keep people calm and level-headed because this is a crisis. We don't know exactly how this is going to play out, but having everyone in a total panic is not going to help. But yes, what the Biden administration did was entirely different because as we began to learn more about the virus and more about the vaccines and the picture became much more clear and we were no longer looking at this giant 3D image that was not clear. No, everything was coming into picture, and they decided to oppress it anyway because, or suppress it rather, because it did not align with their political agenda. Yeah, so Twitter did suppress views, some of them from doctors, some of them from scientific experts. If they conflicted with the position of the White House, you were out. And as a result, some legitimate findings and questions that would have expanded the public debate, those went missing. And one example that this guy cited was a Harvard Medical School epidemiologist who yeah. had responded to a question about vaccines by saying that while older at-risk people and their caretakers should get them, children and people who had already been infected with COVID-19 did not need to. And what happened to him? Suppressed. Censored. So we have this insurmountable pile of evidence that federal agencies directly interfered with social media. We have this House Committee on over and reform if they would do their job maybe something would happen but instead we've got it's all bureaucracy at this point and the question is brian how can you trust anyone in government anymore any of them any of these people how do you trust any of them I think it's good to have a healthy uh, skepticism about anyone in government, regardless of which team they play for. But yeah, this is pretty disgusting stuff, and it it, it does uh, it disturbs me on a level beyond the fact that they were covering up the truth. It also disturbs me when I consider the fact that what the left is upset about 
is Elon Musk giving Twitter accounts back to people who were seen as quote unquote divisive. Mm -hmm. You know, when you line those two things up and put them in a column side by side, it's pretty clear to me which one of these uh, two issues we should be most upset about in terms of how it's going to impact our lives as Americans and how it's going to impact our families. I, I have here's the you know here's a blessing that has come out of the COVID pandemic for me though, Casey. What's that? Um, you know, I try and take every opportunity possible as a responsible parent to indoctrinate my daughter uh, into becoming a Republican. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I force it down her throat. But you one know, thing that we discussed. I, I saw something that you posted on uh, on Twitter. You said, uh, daughter, daddy, I'm going to vote. I'm going to run for president. Will you vote for me? Well, are you going to run as a Republican? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, these, these are important conversations to have. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it's beginning to take. So I'm excited about that. Um, but we talked about the masks because mm. she's still young enough that we were having the discussion in Georgia about the race for governor. And she was saying that if she were voting, that she was going to vote for Stacey Abrams because Stacey Abrams hadn't had a chance yet to be governor. Mm. And I thought, OK, this is where you, you got to be a responsible parent here. You have to be mature. You, you don't want to you know, force your child on anything. And I said, if Stacey Abrams becomes the governor, honey, you'll have to wear masks all the time. And that <laughs> took care of it. Mm. She was all she didn't like that idea, up. huh? No, she didn't like it. So see, she's figuring it out with a little help from dad. And when I say help, I mean, you know, forcing it. But isn't that what we do as parents? Oh, absolutely. You have to do <laughs> gentle, gentle. Once one step forward, two steps back, one step forward. But you'll get there. She she's young and there's plenty of time as well. That is yes, Brian. I know. That is Brian Baker. He's filling in for Rob Kendall today. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And our president posted a real pathetic picture of, of him and his wife. Decorating a Christmas tree, and we're going to get to all of it coming up from 93 WIBC. You can't That's appropriate for after Christmas. You always get what you want. If you try, you get what you need. It is 20 minutes after 9. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brian Baker is in today. All right, Brian, we have to talk about it. Joe Biden posted a picture of him and the first lady decorating the Christmas tree. So let's dissect it, okay? Please. This was on Christmas Eve. And he said, just a few finishing touches. Hope you and your loved ones are having a great Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so it's Christmas Eve, and he's putting up the tree. Right, right as most of us do. We, we not, put up the tree on Christmas Eve. Don't believe it. Not buying it. <laughs> he's standing on a ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we know his handlers aren't going to let that happen. And as I said on uh, on Twitter, Casey, mm-hmm. you know, the president ought not be on a ladder. But if he's going to be on a ladder, make it a tall one on an unstable surface, please. <laughs> he's he's he has a bowl in his hand. What do you is he is he whisking eggs? What is he doing with the bowl? <laughs> I don't know. What is in the bowl? Is he have ornaments in there? Does he have? Um, I mean, you know what? Are they are they butterscotch treats? Uh, like, good job, Joe. You get a treat. Oh, what I wouldn't have given to, to, to like see the video footage behind the scenes of them staging this thing. Yeah, and um, the tree is in front of a door. 
<laughs> so uh, there's there's <laughs> there's no using this door anymore. Uh, no fire code. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you like you mentioned, this is so staged and just so obvious. And I mean, it's it's a nice sentiment. He's wishing Merry Christmas to everybody, and I'm surprised that he actually used the word Christmas in his tweet. But um, <laughs> boy, we can all see right through it. Um, yes. Yeah. But God bless, because see, even things like this, uh, you know, the American people take lemons and make lemonade because there have been wonderful variations on that photo that have emerged uh, courtesy of Photoshop <laughs> and some very talented people. I believe there was even one where Hunter's taken a leak in the corner of the uh, of the White House. So this is good stuff here, you know? I've seen pictures of uh, Vladimir Zelensky in the background there underneath <laughs> the tree. And, uh, you know, the omnibus bill is in that tote uh, uh-huh. that the first lady is digging things out of, but uh, in case you missed it, here is Biden's ha ha holiday greeting to you. I sincerely hope this holiday, this holiday season, will drain the poison oh, that has infected our politics and set us against one another. I hope this Christmas season marks a fresh start for our nation because there's so much that unites us as Americans. He used oh. the word poison in his Christmas greeting and went straight to politics. Uh huh. You know, it it disturbs me that the people around him have given up to the point now that when he stumbles, they don't even say, "All right, let's do another take." It's just, listen, we got him upright, we got him talking. Uh, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> let's just get through it. Publish. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we can all agree that this picture was staged, uh, but they did. Th- that's what they did this year. They refused to do the now red tracker calls with kids, and I'm wondering if it's because of last year's phone call. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. He agrees. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I, I remember that clip so uh, so very well. And, and Jill Biden's face, uh, she was not happy. Mm. She's like, can't we screen these calls, guys? Come on, let's do our job. <laughs> they didn't have Kevin working for him. He would have screened that phone call. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Senator Rand Paul. On Friday, he continued with his annual tradition of celebrating Festivus, airing of grievances as it relates to government waste. Oh, did you see the number that he was highlighting in his report? It's such a big number, I have to practice it. $482,276,543,907,000 in government waste. And uh, let's let's talk about some of the initiatives that are in the uh, Rand Paul Festivus report. (laughs) $2.3 million used by the National Institute of Health for an experiment injecting puppies with cocaine. Oh, God. $2.3 million to find out that hmm, cocaine has an adverse effect on puppies. You think? Yeah. Do do we need $2.3 million to let us know that? I, I apparently do, I, and, and I wonder what the uh, what the outcome of that experiment was. How many how many beagles did we lose in that one? Yeah. Oh, uh, sick. Another one, two hundred two thousand dollars used by the DoD, the Department of Defense, on espresso machines. Hey, you know what? You can go get a Keurig machine for $100 at Costco, but our Department of Defense, no, they need top of the line, two hundred and two thousand 
dollars <sighs> worth of coffee makers. All right, hang on. I'm going to take a swig of Pepto-Bismol. Continue here. <laughs> $3 million for the construction of a Gandhi museum. Um, this is the 10th year in a row that he has done this. And he says that uh, he has to laugh about it or we might cry. And he went on to say that he would air his grievances on Fauci, but he's trying to be festive. And if he listed all of the things that Fauci did wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd run out of time. <laughs> well, you know, here's what is so disgusting about this and something I think would potentially at least uh, be curbed. Some of the abuse would be curbed if we had a balanced budget amendment mm. because they know that they're going to get to the end of the year every single uh, time, you know, that, that we're running up against uh, the uh, the deadline to raise the debt limits. And it just seems to me, Casey, if they really were forced mm-hmm. because otherwise everything it turns to a complete and total disaster and the party that's in charge gets blamed for it, if they're really forced to actually look at some of these things and trim them down, maybe we would at least get a handle on it, not necessarily get control of it. But I do just want to take a moment here. Uh, let's see. What was the, the total waste of $482 trillion? Yeah. What, what was that cost for Donald Trump's wall again? Mm. What was that like? Uh, what, right. One trillion? Mm. No, not even that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you need to spend $3 million to watch hamsters fight on steroids? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Listen, I might buy a ticket to that. I don't know. I might give him a pass. That sounds kind of like good entertainment to me. <laughs> They're going to sell tickets. They're going to cover that at the door. Three million dollars uh-huh. worth of tickets. We're going to need a bigger venue. Uh, they also spent two hundred thousand dollars on a radio campaign telling drivers to stop at railroad crossings. Now, I'm curious if if, if uh, WIBC got any of that money. Two hundred thousand dollars. They spread that out to us because that's the only one that I've seen that I'm actually okay with as long as it keeps me getting paid, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, So, happy Festivus uh, from Rand Paul. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. If you're joining us in the YouTube stream, we appreciate that. Sorry about the echo. The Brain Trust is working on it. Oh, no. We got an echo going on? You sound great. I'm echoing. So everything I say apparently repeats. Well, that's not a good thing. Well, listen, as long as we're, uh, uh, you know, dropping uh, the curtain here and letting everybody see the wizard behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. I know we're not supposed to refer to the music coming back from break, but doggone it, I just got to take a moment here. Mm -hmm. Is Kevin not the best producer when it comes to picking bumper music? Yeah, he does. Stuff I've not heard in years, and it's so good. Thank you. He's doing a good job today. So He's awesome. The question, Brian, uh, we had uh, really, really cold temperatures here in central Indiana. It did not uh, snow quite as much as I think maybe people were expecting, at least not in central Indiana. I know northern Indiana got a ton of snow. Uh, they're calling it the worst blizzard in 40 years. How were things down there in uh, your neck of the woods? It was disastrously cold down here. And, you know, you would think 
being gone from California now for about six, seven years that I, I would have adjusted, but I really haven't. Mm. And I realize you guys have it 20 degrees cooler up there, but you got to understand here in the summertime in the state of Georgia, it's about 150 degrees outside all day long, mm. even even into the evening. So when it gets really cold, I mean, it is brutal. And of course, none of the people down here in the community are uh, set up to understand what you got to do to keep your pipes from freezing, mm. any of the you know the general precautions that you should take and this morning i woke up and there was a little dusting of snow which my daughter invited me to come out and we did a little bit of ice skating so this is not typical georgia weather but i will say this i don't think it's a once in a lifetime freeze i think we had some pretty cold weather a couple of years ago and we're probably going to have this occur again mm -hmm. right i mean isn't this what they're now feeding us that we have uh, these extreme temperatures so i'm expecting this to be a norm well you are an inch from the sun in georgia <laughs> so it does get warm down there but i have to Closer. imagine yeah i have to imagine that uh those uh of your neighbors that aren't transient they're not experienced in driving in that weather have you had to teach them to pump the brakes pump the brakes I, listen, I, I am so infuriated with the drivers down here in Georgia and in the Atlanta area. And I, I'm not messing around, Casey. I get on the Peachtree City Police Department's page because they're mm -hmm. always like trying to put out these little tips on how to properly drive. And they don't do it right. I'm ripping into them. I get on everybody's case, man. <laughs> I've, I've written these epic posts online. Listen, I am, I am bound and determined to turn everyone in America into a good driver. If it absolutely kills me, I'm going to fight for that. That's my cause. You all... Uh, you know, in childhood obesity and uh, worldwide hunger, I'm focusing on getting us some good drivers in America because I've had enough. Well, it uh, they were calling it the uh, storm of a generation, once in a generation storm. Uh, 113 million people were traveling and 70 million of those people under wind chill alerts. Of course, yeah. President Biden spoke to uh, the governor of New York on Monday offering federal assistance because Buffalo just got pummeled. There was some oh, loss yeah. of life there in uh, Buffalo. And uh, here in Indiana, Governor Holcomb activated the National Guard and uh, power outages coast to coast. I never lost power, thankfully. I hope you didn't either. But uh, now for the forecast going forward, let's see. Today's high will be 30, 44 for tomorrow. And by Thursday, 55, right? And for the weekend, for the New Year's Eve celebrations, it's going to be in the mid 50s so this cold weather is making a quick exit just in time for the new year but well thank goodness for that but it's done the damage yeah it's already done the damage yeah and a lot of people um having their flights canceled southwest airlines canceled about 60 percent of their flights and uh warned that it could take days to get back on track as the holiday travel chaos continues and here in indianapolis at least four dozen flights out of Indy were canceled. Southwest led with the most cancellations with over two, almost 3,000 flights being canceled. Whoa. Yeah, 42% of their flights. And this is, a, this is a big problem. Whatever the reason, you're gambling with your time off if you fly anywhere because we already know the airlines are understaffed, they're overbooked, and if you add in weather-related issues... It's just a nightmare. And I saw this story 
about these uh, this group of people, four strangers who decided to rent a car and travel from Tampa to Ohio because they were trying to get where they were going for the holidays. Their flight was canceled, so they just rented a car, four strangers, all of them. Have you ever done that when your flight's been canceled? <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody standing around the ticket counter and you kind of make eye contact and you, where are you heading? Oh, we're heading in the same direction. And you pool your money together with a complete stranger and rent a car and drive there instead. You know, I've never done that because there's two ways that can go. It's either going to be a heartwarming Disney film where we all learn a little bit about each other and and develop a special bond that lasts for generations, or it's a (laughs) horror movie where somebody is going to turn out to be a serial killer. I've never done that, but I will say this. If given the choice between getting on an airplane and flying somewhere and getting there in an hour and a half or getting in my vehicle and it taking six to seven hours, Mm -hmm. I will take the the car every single time. I just don't want to deal with the hassle or any of the other crap that comes along with flying. Even though flying can be fantastic, I try and avoid it and make it a a last uh, resort option, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like you. I don't like to be beholden to other people, especially other transportation, when (laughs) when I have no control over it. Just put me in my car and let me go. Well, the Biden Transportation Secretary says that we need to keep the transportation workers in mind, but I would like to remind you, he flies private. (laughs) Have a thought for workers who are away from their families in order to get you closer to yours. And uh, uh, in the case of some of those ground crews working in just incredibly difficult conditions, uh, the, the kind of just because of the mood people are in, the conditions inside the airport are pretty, uh, uh, pretty rough for, for uh, airport and airline workers too. Uh, just have a thought for them because, uh, of course, more than anything else, more than the equipment, more than the infrastructure, it's the people of our transportation sector that, that we all count on, whether we realize it or not. So airports in Denver, Atlanta, Chicago, and Las Vegas are all still facing cancellations and delays, and including here in Indianapolis. This is the yeah. Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Go ahead, Brian. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I do have to say... Uh, I- I'm not bothered so much by the fact that Pete Buttigieg flies uh, private. I'm bothered by the fact that he sucks so bad at his job. <laughs> That's the thing that gets in my craw. He can mm-hmm. fly whatever airline or private he wants. I've never really had an issue with people doing that, unless they are beating us uh, with the uh, climate agenda, and he's certainly one of those that does that. Yeah, he does that. It's very hypocritical of him saying, you know, your carbon footprint. Meanwhile, he gets on a private plane <laughs> after he drives to the airport in his SUV. Um, but uh, the thing that really bothers me the most right now about about him is that uh, during the rail strike he was vacationing in Portugal so um, and it kind of goes oh. back goes back to the intro of our show you know it's a four it's four years suck it up yeah like uh-huh. you take a long weekend but when there's major things happening in this country and you are a cabinet member put your butt in the chair and get the job done it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 944. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brian Baker is filling in for Rob Kendall today, who has the day off. All right, Brian, this is your time to shine. We've got a couple things (laughs) 
that uh, I think that uh, you'll have a, a real strong opinion about. Uh, first of all, let's talk about what's going on at CNN. They're making changes for the new year, at least their New Year's Eve programming. So in recent years, we've seen them get tipsy. We've seen them do shots. Don Lemon got his ear pierced at a bar in New Orleans. And last yeah. year, Bravo's Andy Cohen went on a series of rants complaining about uh, the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio. But, yeah. but this year, this year, Brian, the president of CNN has uh, chosen to take ratings over fun. Is, oh. is that what it is? Uh, he said during an internal meeting that he doesn't want anyone imbibing on camera. Listen, uh, I was stunned that they allowed it in the first place. Mm-hmm. What place, uh, you've spent a career in broadcasting, Casey. What place have you ever worked where they have said, yeah, it's all right if you want to drink on the air? That no. never leads to good things. Yeah, no, never. And in fact, when I have been doing a television commercial at a, an establishment that might serve an adult beverage, it's to the point where you raise the glass to your lips and then they say cut because they actually can't show you drinking alcohol on camera but for years i mean we've seen them getting completely tanked on camera so is this the president of cnn wanting to bring some i don't know a better reputation make cnn respectable again well, you know, I think there's kind of a, I don't know how quiet the rebranding is, but there's clearly a rebranding that's taking place at CNN, and they're trying to get back to being a more, uh, I think they're, they're trying to get back to their roots of being a very established, neutral, fair, professional news organization. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, they were trying to go head to head with Fox and become the, the liberal alternative to Fox News. But Here's what I suspect is going to happen, Casey, and I, I'm really I'm putting myself out there, but I, I I think I have a general sense for where things are going based on the tone of the country and what we have seen in terms of the pushback against these just overt narcissists and people that are just blatantly offensive with some of the things they say. I think what's going to happen is that over the next ten years, you're actually going to see CNN reestablish itself as the dominant news organization mm-hmm. in America, and they're all ultimately going to beat out Fox, because I'm telling you, I've listened to Fox, especially lately, Mm -hmm. and they are throwing out the same talking points, making some of the most ridiculous statements to fill airtime and just throw that red meat to the base, to the conservative base. And I think folks are going to start to reject that and want to get back to more sanity and just straight reporting. And so I have hope. I actually have hope. I, you know, I hate that it's CNN that's probably going to wind up being the winner because I just got such a resentment against them from what they have done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least uh, during their uh, their little experiment since they have uh, departed from Ted Turner's ownership. But I think maybe they're actually going to get back on track, and that might be good for the country in the long term. Yeah, some fact-based news rather than opinion-based news. Well, not everybody is planning on going <laughs> with this uh, new regime (laughs) as they try to spoil the fun. Oh, poor guys. Uh, Andy Cohen said that since the correspondents won't be drinking this year, he'll be partying harder than ever on their behalf. 
So wow. yeah, that's a it's a big uh, you know your number one finger to the boss there at CNN. Mm-hmm. So uh, count the days uh, for how long Andy Cohen will be part of the plan going forward. Um, but yeah, I, they they did say that they want the network's anchors to be perceived as credible on air and not sloppy. Did anybody think that Andy Cohen was credible to begin with, though? No, I mean, this I is the guy so. they just bring in, you know, for the party. Yeah, it was infotainment uh, for a long time. But I, I will give it to CNN. I mean, they've they've fired a lot of people. They've made some decisions that I think are going to cost them uh, profits. It's going to be a costly transition. Mm-hmm. But they clearly have their eyes, uh, you know, on the ball in terms of the long term what uh, they want that network to be. And so, you know, I'd like to see it go that way. Is even though, as I said, I I I hate that it's CNN. I'd yeah. like to see Fox be the dominant, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to wash out the other way. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned. Long- Long term, how long will it take to un- undo that doing? You know, I mean, it's been a decade now of people realizing what's going on the air there. So now they want to pull it back and they want to rebrand and repackage. And you're supposed to take them as credible now. How Uh, long before you're going to believe that? I mean, it's a whole generation now of people who aren't buying what they're selling. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, listen, they were known as the Clinton News Network, so mm-hmm. it's not as though it's been a secret that they have uh, a, a political agenda at work behind the scenes. But, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, the world has changed dramatically in the last four to five years to an extent that I think a lot of us, our heads are spinning and we feel like, man, we're just we're on top of quicksand right now and we can't really get a handle on how quickly everything around us has changed. So if they become a source of sanity... People might run to that because they're just looking for comfort and straight reporting, and they're not looking for someone to push their emotional buttons. They just want to have the news delivered to them straightforward because they're able to still sleep at night if they're getting that kind of messaging. So I don't know. It might happen quicker than we think. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. That is Brian Baker filling in for Rob Kendall today. Okay, another uh, story that is right up your alley that I wanted to talk with you about. Hollywood lost $50 billion in market value just this past year. Just this past year, $22, $50 billion. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they've had this massive problem, but I think they can no longer blame this on COVID because it turns out people like streaming at their home rather than going to the movie theater. And when you stop creating new tent poles, they they stopped creating new genres and they've just been rehashing old storylines and rewriting them the same movie, just a remake of it. So when you stop creating new projects and you keep pushing your liberal woke agenda, you're going to lose. And this is playing out. Um, You're involved in that world. What do you think of that Hollywood losing $50 billion this year? You know, I mean, first of all, I think you take about half of that off the top just because we're in an economy right now where every industry is losing across the board. But that said, yeah, I think there is a huge pushback because they've been so overt now in their liberal messaging, especially Disney. Disney is disgusting, and uh, people have really spoken clearly when it comes to their dollars. And thank God now they uh, have a new CEO, and maybe they'll get back to some sense of normalcy. It's never going to be what it ever was. But yeah, streaming... 
here's the problem though. You you talk about these uh, these remakes of films that have really worked in the past. Well, it's the same reason that when you go to Target, you see all of these games that are themed around 80s movies and you see toys that are, are around 80s and 90s. We have become so spread out and the audience is so uh, so widely dispersed mm-hmm. that it's difficult to get traction on a new film or a new program. It, you know, unless you got Tom Cruise, the the movie stars don't have quite the same influence that they did on on the box office in the past. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a challenge that I'm not exactly sure how they're going to deal with it because I can tell you that the streaming giants are continuing to spend gobs of money to develop new projects. And I mean, it's great for me, but people aren't seeing them for the most part. They're going back to the stuff that they're already familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, there's probably going to be a little bit of belt tightening going on and you're going to see the streaming giants i mean they they really are they kind of they're collapsing because people are having to really be careful with how they're spending their dollars and so you're going to see a restructuring of the streaming giants as well and probably fewer of them going forward so and and then on top of that casey the superhero genre it's done i mean Mm. it's starting to die now that black panther 2 and listen i participated in it i was glad for the paycheck but that movie was a turd and people are not turning (laughs) out for those films like they used to now something like top gun that was so pro-american and mm-hmm. was rooted in something that we all had a love for that was, you know, goes all the way back to the 1980s. Who wasn't going to go and see that in the theaters? You knew that was going to be a badass film, but there's just not that many of them being made anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so that's like a, a non-woke, pro-American, masculine type movie. And you knew you had to see it on the big screen. And didn't Tom Cruise Babe Ruth it? I mean, he, he called yeah. his shot on that one. He said no we're not going to release this one they waited to release it until the theaters were back open and he called it he said you got to see this in the theater we're going to wait to put this out there till people can go experience it and he was right yeah yeah, and um, you know, God bless him for that. Even though I, I still think the guy's a sociopath, and I wish he'd stop trying to do his own stunts. But other than that, uh, <laughs> on this one, he got it right, and it was a great film. They, they it was well written, it was well made, it was fantastic, and I enjoyed it so much that I went to the theater and saw it twice. Did you? And I yeah. I streamed it over Christmas break. I did. I I paid the three ninety nine. I think it was to uh, to stream it from home. Because I uh-huh. saw it in the theater, and I wanted to relive that from the couch. <laughs> and and what, was it the same experience on, on a 50-inch TV versus that giant uh, movie screen? Um, no, I mean, it didn't have that, you know, theatrical dynamic that you get in the theater, but it was still just as pleasurable and fun because it wasn't full of woke messaging. Yes. This is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.